So I will greet all of you with a happy new year and that you will have a new vision, even a focus, intensified vision of the glory of God. So we will not grow weary, but we will be given a new strength in us. And in this year of 2020, as we follow the lead of the senior pastor, that uh, the message, the, the theme for 2020 is to adorning the bride. To adorning the bride, to, to beautify the bride. Who is the bride, which is the church? And just like Esther, Esther before she came into the court of the king to meet with the king. She has to be prepared. She has to be purified. She has to be beautified in such a way that it was worthy of the king. So in the same way, we as the church, God wants to prepare us to meet the king. And this is the year that we need to really prepare ourselves and even as the church of God. Let's prepare to meet the King. As you have maybe heard or listened or read that this world, you know, the people are worrying about the World War III because of what has been happened. And that's only in one side, but in other side also in the climate change, we see so many things change. We cannot predict it. That the melting ice, you know. So we live in this kind of situation, and even we see in the moral issues. There has been a flood of world new moral standard. So we live in an age and time where you and I really need to cry out, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Because in order to meet the king, he is a holy king. There can be no way we can do it on our own. We need to cry out, Lord, help me. Help me to be ready to meet you. So with that in mind, in 2020, that we will see during the weeks uh, all this uh, services that we will all speaking of the same purpose, which is to prepare the church to meet the king. And today we will see that God has prepared for us new beginnings. Let's open our Bibles in Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. And we will read from verse 8 until 21. And if you already have it, you can stand up together and we will read this. Isaiah 43. Okay, let's stand up together. Isaiah 43, start from verse 8. Bring out the people who are blind, even though they have eyes, and the deaf, even though they have ears. All the nations have gathered together so that the peoples may be assembled. Who among them can declare this and proclaim to us the former things? Let them present their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is true. 
You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me, there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Even from eternity, I am He, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I have sent to Babylon and will bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans into the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty men. They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I form for myself will declare my praise. Amen. Please be seated. So God is saying, if you read even from verse 1, that we have a creator. All the things that we see, we touch, we experience, or we have in this world, it's created things. And also, we ourselves, we are created, and we have a creator. And this creator God who said, I am your redeemer. I will redeem your past. I will redeem whatever mistakes you have made in the past. As long as you come to me. Because I am a redeemer. Redeem means somebody who buy back something at a price. So God buy back your life. He purchased your life. He redeemed it. That means your past. It's not just being thrown out of the window, but your past is being redeemed by God. What was becoming a source of weeping and tears, now it becomes a fountain of life that you can learn from your mistake. Oh, I see God that those things happen to me because of this, because you are good, because you want to make and mold me into a better person. So God is your redeemer. And he will make, even he said, he will bring down those from Babylon. That means those who held you captive, God will bring them down. And what does he say? He said, he makes way through the sea. He makes a path through the mighty waters where there is no way where the mighty waters run you know this recent days we see in jakarta and the surroundings many people have died and many of them died because they could not hold the streams of water so they were swept by the water but god said 
through the mighty waters, you know water can become mighty. It can sweep people away. But God said, through the mighty water, I will make a path. He will save you. He will make a way where it is impossible. Where people say, there's no way. When you say, I cannot do this. I've been trying to be good. I've been trying, but I cannot. And God say, I can do it for you. If you come to me, I will do it for you. And verse 18, he said, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Do not stay. Do not live in your mind in the past. Some people always say, Oh, I wish I can do this. I wish I have done this before. I wish... I'm in that place again where I had a good time. But God said, do not live in the past. You cannot live in the past. What you can do, you live in the present, but you waste your present by thinking, by staying in your thought, always staying in the past. You have to live your day today as God wants us to live today. So do not remember the things of the past. Because, verse 19, look, I will do something new. It will spring forth. Will you not be aware? And God says, I will even make a roadway in the wilderness. You see in the wilderness, in the desert, we never see road because it's all desert. Nobody traveled through it. Or maybe very, very few people. <laughs> Almost no one. But God say, I will make something that is impossible. You know, when our God is the God of the impossible, when our God promises all these things, now we need to ask, has it happened in my life? Why it doesn't happen? Many times when we receive the promises of God that is so great and so big, we kind of, oh yes, Lord, that's great. Thank you. It's good. Thank you, Lord. But going down on daily life, we meet with challenges. We feel like, oh, this is, it can't be done. It's just same old story again and again. And in those moments, in our minds, we start to disbelieve. We start to, you know, questioning. We start to doubting. Is it so? Can it be really be done? Can I really get well? Can I really be healed from my sickness? For those who believe, for those who persevere until the end, the promises of God are yes and amen. But you have to wait. You have to wait until it happens in your life. You have to uh, speaking it out. You have to act on it. You have to be active. Now, this new beginning, how can God bring it into our lives? So now let's open up in John, John chapter 1. 
how God brings it about in our life, this new beginning. Let's start with first one. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when we read, in the beginning was the Word, this is almost the same exact sentence we find in the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. So now we read in Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word. What does it say? That before any of us exist, before any of the things created being in existence, in that time, in that beginning of time, there was God. There was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now when you read this, you can see that the Word, Jesus said, I am the Word of God. So that's the second person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So in the beginning, Jesus has been in existence from eternity, even before anything was there. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. How you can have a new beginnings, it all started with God. There is no way we can have a new beginning. There is no way we can start a new beginning without God. So, we hope that you will get this, that you will be made alive. You will have a new life. You will have a new beginning of life with God. Now, you cannot take it apart just being alive. But being alive without God, not possible. Being alive without the Spirit of God, not possible. Maybe you say, well, I've been alive. I've been breathing. What we are talking about is not this physical life only, but it's talking about the spiritual life. God said, before we know God, before we receive, before we accept Jesus, our spirit, even though we are alive here, but our spirit is dead. How can you know that your spirit is alive? Your spirit connects with God. But if you say, well, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. But you are living in sins. Then your spirit cannot connect with God. You confess with your lips, I know God. I follow Him. But in your behavior, in your life, you reject Him. Then your spirit is dead. So God is trying, God is promising, you will have a new beginning when I revive your spirit. Then you really, really alive with God. So how we have a new beginning, number one, God the Creator. So let's continue in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was 
in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So God is the creator God. And as a creator, He creates everything out of nothing. You know, here on this earth, when, you know, you become an inventor, you invented something. But something new that you invent actually is already in the world. But when God creates something, it's out of nothing. There was nothing before. Nothing. And He created with his word. So God is putting the same power into your mouth. This, you look into your tongue, your tongue is like pointed, right? Because God says, I put a sword. The sword is the word of God. And when we use this word of God in our mouth, then we have that power together with God when we say, I bless my family, I bless my children, then with your word, you put it into existence. Not because your word, but because it is the word of God. So what you need to speak is the word of God. When we say, Yes, Lord, your kingdom come in my family. You rule and reign my family. So we are speaking into existence. Now you see that when you speak the word, you put it into sound wave. When you just pray and be silent, you don't put anything into the sound wave and when you start speaking out speaking out the word then you put it into the sound wave um, just this morning the senior pastor explained more that in the olden days we talk to people far away through cable phone right the phone is connected to the cable so the cable is bringing. But now, we don't need the cable. We just pick your handphone, and you talk on your phone, and your voice will be carried out even far, far away to other continents. Because now your voice is being carried out on ultra-high frequency. When it's ultra-high, then it travels faster. It travels more. And in the same way, now the spirits that is working in the world, the spirit of darkness, now they also use the wave. We can see that now the wave that comes into our house, it can bring many things of the world into the house. You don't need to go out to get things, maybe uh, materials that is, you know, forbidden, prohibited. But now it's already coming into your house through the wave. Now, if we let this wave to carry on a lot of all unholy, impure things, then we are being surrounded by these waves from the darkness. Now you need to speak. Speak the word. You need to put your word, you need to put the word of God into the sound wave when you say, Yes, Lord, my family belongs to God. My family is ruled by the God of heaven. You bless my family. So we put it into sound wave. Now there's a pushback. 
This is all spiritual things that sometimes we don't see, but they are real. So how can we have a new beginning? Because God is the creator. When he say he creates out of nothing, then he can make all the impossible thing happen in your life. And he says, all things came into being through him. And I believe one of the messages that God wants you to get it today, this morning, is that when you say, Lord, I cannot face this year. Lord, I'm being burdened with many, many problems. Even now, even at the beginning of the year, my problems is just insurmountable. God wants to tell us that it's not your strength, it's not your ability, but you need to cry out, Lord, help me. God, have mercy on me. God, help me. And God is the creator. He can create. He can create in you. So the new life happened through the word, which is his spirit. So the first man is being created and God breathed. God breathed into him and he became a living being. When the spirit of God breathes into us, then you will have a new life. How can the Spirit of God breathe into you just like this? When you sit down and hear and your heart is open, you say, yes, Lord, I want that. That means open heart. And when you listen, the Spirit can breathe into you. When you worship, when you sing praises to God, the Spirit can breathe into you. So this thing can happen. When you cry out to God. One of the examples that we have, Psalm 51. What happened here in Psalm 51 is about the life of David. David was a man of God. He loves God. He seeks after God. But one time when he saw a beautiful woman taking shower, now he fell into his fleshly nature. This man loved God. This man was close to God. So I tell you, no one, no one is exempted from the flesh. No matter how spiritual you are, when you are in the temptation, you have to flee. That's the advice of the Bible. Don't say, oh, I'm strong. Oh, I, oh I, I, I can do this. I just want to know what happened. So you think like you are strong. But even David. And God said, flee, flee. Don't get close to it. Flee. And what happened after David fell into sin? He committed adultery and then he killed the husband. And God sent his servant, the prophet, and said, David, you sinned. And when he received that rebuke, he was not, who are you to tell me of my sin? You know, some of the kings, when they are already in power, when a man of God came and rebuked them, sometimes they cannot take. Sometimes they send him to prison. I don't want to hear your words. But David, when he received the rebuke, he said, yes, Lord, I am a sinner. And if you read the whole psalm, this psalm is about a crying out to God, God, and he fasted for seven days, asking the Lord to forgive his sin. And in verse 10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. You are the creator. Even though my heart has been blemished by the sin that I've done, 
you can make it pure again. So when we talk about the Creator God, God can change your heart. God can change your conscience. When you don't feel guilty anymore, when you cry out, Lord, I don't want to be like this. God can give you a new heart and a new conscience. And David say, renew a right spirit within me. So what does it take? God is all powerful. He can create. He can do all the impossible. What it takes is for us to come to him and say, Lord, I need you. Help me. We need to come to him. If you drive an old car, maybe broken cars, but you don't want to bring your car to the repair shop, you keep driving it, driving it, well, it will all crumble down the road. But we need to bring that car to the repair place. Just like that with God, we need to bring ourselves, come to Him. That's why we need to come to the church. We need to come to the gathering. Maybe we need to come also to the prayer meeting because that's when we come back to God. Sure, we also pray at home. We also read Bible at home. But in coming together, the angels of God is also surrounding us more because each person brings angel with him. And we are being strengthened. The second one. How can we have a new beginning? You know, when somebody is dead, how can you have a new beginning? You need a life. So let's continue reading in John 1, verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. I think we just read that one first. In him was life. He was the creator, but now he got in himself this source, this fountain of life. Now, if you come to that fountain of life, then you get that life. In him was life, and the life that they are talking about here in the New Testament, there are two kinds of life. One is bios. That's why you have biology. From the word bio, bio is life. But this word is zoe. Zoe also another life. But zoe is higher than bios. Zoe talks about a life that is full of mortal and eternal blessedness. You are being blessed in this earth and you are being blessed in the age to come, in eternity. So you have both blessings. And that's Zoe. And God wants to give this life. John 10, 10. The thief, meaning Satan, comes only to steal, kill, destroy. But I come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. That will give us the summary of the trick of the devil is to kill. But God's purpose is for you to be alive, but not only to be living, but alive in abundance. And when you have this life in abundance, then people will see. And this is what happened many times when a family come to God, when a family accept Jesus and believe Christ 
to be their Lord and Savior. Then they start to be blessed in their family. And all the other siblings that they don't accept Christ, their life is just so different. And thus, without speaking anything, their lives become a witness. Look what God has done. When we accept Jesus into our family, our family is being changed. Now we have peace in our hearts, in our house, in our family. And you notice the word, in. This little word, but it's important. You will not get this life unless we stay in God. So this is about continual staying, continual abiding. Yes, Lord, you can help us. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It's by grace. Because God is being rich in mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when you are being forgiven. You're supposed to undergo a punishment. You're supposed to go into prison. But when God's mercy comes, He takes you out of the prison and He took your place. That's mercy. And grace, it's a merit that we do not deserve. A gift that we do not deserve. God is rich in mercy. God is rich in love. And God is rich in grace. By grace you have been saved because you were still dead. We were dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our sins. We did not know anything. But because of the grace of God, He made us alive. So there is... No goodness in my part that makes God look, oh, this person is so good, so I will save him. No, I was, we all did not have anything good in us because we were dead. But God, who loved us with a great love. When you receive this word, it will change your life. Why people follow Jesus, but their life is not changed? Because they don't receive the love. Just recently, I visited someone who's sick. And he was under so much stress, depressed, that he did not even talk. He just being quiet. Most of the time, almost no word. Because in his childhood, he has received painful, hurting words. From his own parents. That disown him. Even his own parents rejected him. And when I talked to him of the great love of God, it's like, is it true? How come my own parents, they don't accept me? They don't love me? What is this love? And this is exactly what many of us, many times, we do it in our mind. I am not worthy. How can 
I don't think God really loves me because I'm bad. I don't think God really chose me because I've been doing all these bad things. I'm not worthy. So in other words, we do not welcome, we do not open our hearts, we do not receive the great love. But when God say, I love you just as who you are. Even when you were deep in sin, when you were dead in your transgression, I love you. And this new life, when you accept it, you receive it, you believe it, it will turn your life around. It will change the history of your life. Same with Paul. In Galatians 1, you know Paul, he was famous for being such a harsh man. He said, I am a violent man. I hate the name of Jesus. That's why he pursued the followers of Jesus and even put them to prison and put them to death. But this man who was anti, he was being changed. Galatians 1. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son in me in order that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone or any human. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, which is Peter, and remained with him 15 days. So when we read this, you know, when Paul received the light, that come into his life and he received the word of God who called him. He said he spent maybe around three years. He did not look for anyone. He did not look for, you know, any great names in the Christian world at that time. But he was seeking the Lord. He was seeking God. He was pursuing God for about three years. So if you want to have your life being changed, God, the life, you have to pursue Him. We have to pursue Him. And do not give up. Do not say, well, I have pursuing you for one week. And look what happened. Still the same. We need to have that determination. Yes, Lord, I need to pursue you because outside of you, there is no life. Out of God, what you can have, nothing. Only in Him is life. He has the word of life. So pursue Him no matter how long it takes. No matter how much the cost. Maybe you have to pray for three hours. Paul was praying for three years. And God, the life, will start to be manifested in your life. You know, we have a powerful testimony from a man. Uh, he used, he was a man, but he used to behave like a woman and his voice he's been singing like a woman just like in traditional singing and when he met Jesus 
his uncle said, read your Bible. And he keeps reading this Bible again and again and again and again. And the word that he read, this word is living. This word is spirit that breathes into you. You know what happened? His voice that was already changed with a high pitch. When he started reading the word, read and read, his voice came back to man's voice. That's only by the word. There is also a friend that dealing with all these spirits that trying to possess her. You know, so she easily being possessed by the spirit and she will act things outside of her control. You know, when evil spirit possess a person, sometimes it's really not kind. You know, the spirit can throw them into the floor, you know, and do all kinds of things. And she has been through these things, you know, for a long time. And now she's been freed. She said, the only thing that free me is when I read the Bible. When she reads and reads, even though maybe she doesn't understand everything, but keep reading, keep reading, keep eating, eating the Word. Eat that spirit. Bring it into your life. And she said, reading this Bible again and again, that's what set her free. And now she's free. So God, the life, will be manifested into your life when you take this in. In Him was life. And let's continue in John 1, verse 5. The light, from verse 4, in Him was life. The life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Or the darkness did not overpower it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. So how can we have a new beginning? God is the light. And this light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overpower it. So we find this light only in Him because in Him was life and the life was the light of man. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So when you are willing to come into His way and accept His truth, then you will find His life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And He said in verse 4, In this life, the life, this life was the light of man. And the light was not overcome by darkness. When we have light, darkness will go away. Just this morning also, the senior pastor explained, light will expel darkness, but darkness cannot expel light. When you have light, and you bring darkness in, the darkness will go. Not the light will go. When you bring darkness here, the darkness will go. Because the light overpowers darkness. 
and God is light. You know when something, you know, pop into your mind. Oh, the light went on. It's like, oh yeah, now I understand. That's enlightening. When God enlightens your mind and your heart, then oh, that's what you mean, God. And this light, you know, He is the true light. So this talking about your life, your life when you have light, then your life is not a life that is defeated. Your life is not a life that is mediocre. But your life is a life that is victorious. Overcoming. Because you have the name of Jesus in your life. Then your life becomes victorious. You bring the kingdom of light with you. Then all darkness will go. And I pray, you know, that we will come into the place where, just like Peter, he just walked. And without even praying, without laying his hands, he just walked. And the people who got his shadows, they got healed. I believe this will happen again. You don't need to preach. You just walk into a mall. You just walk into a supermarket. And when you walk, you bring the kingdom of light. And the darkness can fill it and they will run away. And this happened. People just walk into the supermarket to have some errands and coming into the cashier. No words, nothing. And the cashier was just crying in tears. Can you please pray for me? No words spoken. But they feel the light. They feel the presence of God that comes with you. So I pray that all of us become this vessel to bring light wherever we are. To bring the presence of God wherever we are. And here, when we become light, we become just like John. He becomes a witness. Wow, something in this person. That's why that cashier said, can you please pray for me? Maybe you go to fill gas. And, you know, you bring the kingdom of light there. And we become witness. And in Acts 14 verse 17... And yet, God did not leave himself without witness. Doing good, giving rain and fruitful season for, to us from heaven. Filling our hearts with food and gladness. In everything that we do, just like we read in Isaiah 43. God has witnesses. God has witnesses. He will not leave himself without witness. And we are his witnesses. Amen.